Welcome to another episode of the Frosty and Perenni Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Frost. With me, as always, coach of the championship-bound Pretoria FC, Tony Perenni. Derek, great to be here, and this is a big, big week for the Pretoria FC. I'm fired up. Oh, well, then, let's waste no time, Tony. Uh, you have a championship game to get ready for, so we're not going to keep you on here very long. We're going to jump right into the Super Cold Open, presented by Modine's 3, Letterkenny's premier home for Puffer's Lager. We're going to start, Tony, with the Toilet Bowl. We saw Steve Groover's Threat Level Midnight go up against Kevin Hulick's Jump the Chark and this one was a close one all the way through the Monday night football game. As we know, Kevin has lived by the Steelers and died by the Steelers. And it came down to a touchdown to a Steelers receiver that sealed the game for Steve Groover. 136.9 to 135.2. That's a super close one. So it was actually 136.96 to 135.24. Uh, essentially 1.72 points separated those two. When we look at Kevin's team, he only gets 12 out of Russell Wilson. He gets 25 out of Derrick Henry, which is a good game. 31 out of Tony Pollard. But as we break down into those Steelers, only get 7.8 out of Chase Claypool and only 4 out of the Steelers defense, who is going up against a third-string quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, What a disappointing showing out of Pittsburgh. On the other side for Steve, Justin Herbert puts up just shy at 28. Deontay Johnson is the one who catches the touchdown for the Steelers to put him up to 19.9 points, and that will go down as the difference to put Groover ahead in this one. So Steve has avoided the toilet bowl, and Kevin Hulick will be taking the ACT. This has to be the most thrilling toilet bowl we've had in the, the couple of years we've had this ACT challenge out here. Uh, I, feel, I feel like normally this game is, is a complete wash in one direction or the other. And uh, this week it was extremely competitive and both teams overshot their projections and uh, it was nothing shitty about this game, God, Derek. Uh, it, it was great to see both teams really, really perform. Savvy, savvy move by Kevin earlier in the day picking up Tony Pollard to throw in that running back spot. That's the whole reason this game ended up being close uh, at all for him because he didn't have James Conner. But uh, this one's really, really got to be a bitter pill to swallow for Kevin because uh, really down the stretch, he was done in by his own team, his, his Steelers guys. He relied on them down the stretch, expected them to turn it around at some point. Really thought this week against the Bengals of all weeks was going to be the week where they finally showed up and played like the Steelers of old. And uh, so, something's off. Something's off in Pittsburgh. And because of that, uh, Kevin is, is paying for it just like his favorite team is. And he will be taking the ACT. I don't think anybody saw that coming at the beginning of the year, uh, especially him being in the championship game last year. So massive fall from grace for his, his squad but um, 
just relied a little too heavily on the Steelers players down the stretch. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of COVID issues on the roster throughout the throughout most of the season. Uh, Derrick Henry came through for him in the end, but uh, he got a real pedestrian day from Russell Wilson. That didn't help him either. So um, just wasn't quite able to get over the hump here against Steve, who uh, in, in looking at his team, you know, Deontay Johnson deals the final blow there. But Johnson also got injured in typical Steve Groover blitz fashion, <laughs> got injured. Like, the, the door was wide open for Kevin to, to come in and steal it and make make uh, Steve sit down in front of that Scantron. And uh, it just wasn't meant to be. Steve gets skates by by the skin of his teeth. Um, got almost 20 from Deontay. Uh, got 17 and a half from Hunter Henry. Really good find for Justin Herbert uh, down the stretch for him there. He puts up 27.9 points. So uh, Steve's got to be feeling good that he was able to just narrowly escape uh, to, of a fate that you know nobody saw coming either. So we, we talked about last week how this was probably one of the most unlikely toilet bowl matchups we could have uh, pictured. It happened, and... Uh, Bad news for Kevin. Uh, you, you'll have him on here l- later to kind of pick his brain and uh, see where he's at uh, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Uh, this is this is this is a, this is a tough one, and uh, there's there's nothing nothing really prepares you for for this. Nobody goes into this season expecting to be that team, well, unless you're Ty, maybe uh, expecting to be that team that takes ACT, but nobody else does. Um, so didn't see this coming and uh you know sucks sucks for kevin he's a good sport he's gonna take it and uh we're, we're looking forward to it and uh i will i will start grinding over on my side here uh starting to put together what the over under should be for his score i'm, I'm thinking uh you know ty set the bar pretty high last year the 27 so uh I'll, I'll throw a betting line out there people can uh can weigh their opinions either way see if we can move that line one way or another um and we also obviously have to make sure there's no collusion on kevin's part there sure. uh, to you know try and make some money off this whole deal so that that, that cheap, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> certainly yes <laughs> you, you know Tony, this is what though i think having that penalty this is what it was designed to do is to make these kind of end of the season garbage games relevant and and everybody tried and i thought you know we saw tyler most of the season you know not really not really involved um and certainly then when i came in the advisor role the the team started performing better but this was the design for everybody to be invested throughout the season and to have these last couple games you know really it's it's pedal to the metal for for these teams and so to have a, a toilet bowl that was this close and it's interesting and entertaining this is exactly what it's supposed to be and this is what makes this league really stand apart from a lot of other leagues uh, I, I really really appreciated it I, I loved watching how this game ended you know we were we were all kind of glued to that Monday night game just to see you know was it gonna be enough were, were those Steelers for Kevin gonna be able to make enough of a run there late in the game to to, to give him a shot to win it. And certainly with, you know, you're talking 1.7 point difference, it was right there. And then, you know, watching for stat corrections and that. So this is exactly what it was supposed to do. Um, you know, tough loss for Kevin. 
And, and like you said, we're going to have him on here in a little bit to, to talk to him and make sure he's okay. Uh, and, but yeah, he's already come out and said he's going to be taking the ACT. I fully believe that. He's a man of his word. So uh, I look forward to that whenever we're able to all get together again and, uh, and enjoy each other's company and watch Kevin struggle with, you know, uh, some geometry and trig. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he's going to do pretty strong on the reading writing parts. I, I really do. Um, I, I think he's going to struggle on the math a little bit, uh, probably a little more than Ty did. Ty's, Ty's in the finance world like I am. He's kind of confronted with a, a decent amount of math uh, com- compared to what Kevin's doing uh, in the legal world. Uh, that, that might be an area that's going to trip him up a little bit. And then you get in that science part and it's just all graphs and charts. I don't know how much of that Kevin's doing on a regular basis either. So uh, he's, he's got some months here to prepare. Uh, we got to hammer out a date for this. But uh, um, yeah, we're, it's rough. It's rough for Kevin. I'm sure he's not feeling too good here. Uh, you know, once he puts all this behind him and he has a score uh, to his name and kind of move towards next season i think he's got some decent pieces next year to kind of bounce back and come back with derrick henry's on a pretty nice keeper deal for him uh, i'm not sure what he has russell wilson for but chase claypool i know is really cheap and uh if, if ben is back to full strength next year at least the beginning of the year claypool should be able to give him some pretty good points there and uh, dj shark is his namesake is pretty disappointing this year uh, likely going to have Trevor Lawrence thrown to him next year, which could help him out quite a bit. So uh, I think next year, you know, hopefully this, this COVID stuff is, is behind us. It's not something we have to monitor on a week to week basis and check injury reports for, because that's something that hurt him quite a bit this year as well. So I, I think he's got some reinforcements coming in next year. And I, I think he's probably ready to put this season behind him. Uh, and looking ahead for Steve's team, you know, you could put together a complete all-star roster with the guys that went down for him this year. You know, Dak Prescott, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, uh, Deontay Johnson missed most of the season. DJ Moore was in and out of the lineup. You know, just uh, it's, it's something that I, I've grown used to because I had some seasons where I was definitely like that. But uh, it's, it's hard to... Uh, really account for too much during the year when all your top players keep going down. So all you can really do is make make moves each week as you see fit and just try to keep yourself out of that ACT. And he, he did it narrowly. So uh, I think he's going to have some interesting decisions to make with his roster because I think a lot of the guys that he had on keeper deals are kind of getting to that range where you're going to have to – uh, make some tough decisions so uh, he's got some guys to, that are going to make him think a little bit but um, he can't feel too good with where the season ended so I, I gotta imagine there's going to be some changes coming for Steve's team moving on into the actual playoffs the games that really matter and the major upset of the week Mike Engine Thrones Bonnie McMurray loses again to Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge 134.94 to 125.42 so a nine and a half point spread there and Charlie Thurber does it again he was projected to lose 
140 to 113, but somehow, slowly, Charlie ate away at that. Uh, we look at Mike's roster. Deshaun Watson puts up 23. Dalvin Cook puts up just shy of 27. But Mike Davis only puts up 8.1. Tyree Hill, 17.4. Not far off projection, but a little bit below. Allen Robinson, 12.3. Four points off projection. Mark Andrews, uh, 17.6. Rams defense only puts up four going up against the Jets. Uh, as we know, the Jets won that game, first win of the season, and they won 23-20. to 20. So Rams defense only puts up four. They were projected 7.8. And kicker, kicker Jason Sanders only gives one point uh, in Miami's win. Uh, he was projected for 8.8. So overall, it goes from a 140-point projection to a 125-point actual showing. On the other side for Charlie, Kyler Murray shows up with 33. DeAndre Swift gives him 22. Cam Akers fairly disappointing with a 7.2, but Mike Evans 17. Noah Fant. And this dude had the game of his life, giving him 20.8 points, was only projected 9.3. And the guy we've come to rely on, Young Hoku, gives him 11. So Charlie does it again. Unbelievable. Mike has just been on a run and projected so high. But Charlie just playing that. The points against, points for uh, game and squeaks another one out here. This one by nine and a half, which is going to go down as one of his one of his bigger uh, margins of victory for the season. Uh, but just absolutely incredible by Charlie Thurber's squad. Yeah, you see this a lot in, in uh, different sports where uh, you might you might have a juggernaut of a team um, that just has this this one team that they go up against that they just can't figure out and they just don't seem to match up well with, and for whatever reason they just always find themselves on the on the wrong end of the stick going against them. And uh, for for Mike's Bonnie McMurray team, that kryptonite is the Blue Cat Lodge uh, and Charlie Thurber. They, Charlie goes three and zero against him this year. Um, was projected to lose all three of them uh, in most cases pretty handily and it didn't matter uh, you know it's, it's been well documented that charlie is, is very very savvy on a week-to-week basis making sure he has the right guys in and out of his roster and if you look at this week look there's nothing extraordinary about this week at all you know, he, he slightly overshoots his projection uh, mike slightly undershoots his projection but nothing massive and that that's all it took at the end of the day, uh, Charlie got just enough out of his guys uh, to skate by and get that that W and knock out who, who was arguably the most dangerous team going into this playoffs. And uh, I think pretty much everybody in uh, everybody unanimously would probably say that Mike was the team that they didn't want to play. And uh, Charlie took him on and knocked him right out. And uh, it's it's amazing. You know, we've we've gone over Charlie's uh, his record throughout the year. He finished ten and three. Uh, finished with a team that scored, I believe, it was ten or eleven points less than what was scored against him. It was completely improbable. Something that looks like uh, it, it looks like a complete statistical anomaly and something that would write itself over time, and then eventually you would run out of that magic. And it just hasn't happened. And he just has to do it one more time now. Uh, 
it's just wild. You know, if you, going into the playoffs, you would have told me that Charlie's team was going to be sitting there at the end of the day uh, competing for the championship. Uh, I probably would have told you there, there's no way he was going to get enough points through through two weeks. But, you know, we, we mentioned it briefly last week, but it happened again. He, he gets that by by point six points and that ends up being critical for him because if he had to play last week he would have lost and he doesn't even get to this week against Mike now he gets to the semifinals gets a great week uh, against Mike's poor week and he's able to get himself where he needs to be so uh, just just crazy that back-to-back years it's just the margin of victory in this league is just so slim yeah and and to me Charlie's squad feels like a, a team of destiny, and it's a, a phrase that <laughs> they, they threw around about a Notre Dame team uh, a number of years ago who then just got absolutely smashed in the championship game. But, um, you know, it's just this unprobable win after unprobable win. And like you said, as we were going into the playoffs, it's like, yeah, like Charlie kind of s- snuck through here and, and you know, gets the bye week, but at some point going up against the juggernauts, you know, Mike, Mike's team is a lot better than when he faced Charlie those two times, but sure enough, Charlie just keeps doing it. And it's, it's an incredible thing to watch. We've been commenting on, it's kind of been one of the big themes of the podcast over the last number of weeks, but it, it just, it keeps showing up and to make this run at this point, you know, again, he's not scoring these giant points, 134, is solid don't get me wrong but both teams in the toilet bowl scored more than that so you know it's not like he's putting up you know we're gonna get into your game where you score 160 those are the game those are the types of scores you expect to see at this point in the season but but that's not that's not what's happening you know 134 is a is a decent game um you know dave peston squad who was in a garbage game that didn't matter at all this week, puts up 152. You know, so so at any point, Charlie can be beat, but he hasn't been. And that has been the shocking and amazing thing. And, uh, you know, we're going to get to it, you know, at the end of the podcast of of the projections and predictions for this game. But it's really hard to pick against Charlie, regardless of what the projection says, uh, because he just, he keeps doing it. Yeah, it's that coaching edge. You know, you know he's going to have the right guys in his lineup every single week, and you know that whatever the maximum amount of points is for his roster on a given week, he's probably going to find it. He's probably going to have the right guys in there. He's probably going to uh, push the right buttons, make the right calls, and at the end of the day, uh, he's going to get the maximum value out of his roster. Which, um, if if you if you go through everybody else's roster, you know it's it's probably gonna be hard pressed to find anybody that's doing it as consistently as he is so he is he has definitely earned this position in in the championship game because uh, he's done it with a roster that i think pretty much everybody would say is uh definitely not one of the two most impressive in the league uh but he's he's come out on top 11 times now so that that doesn't happen by accident you know he knows what he's doing he, he knows his roster very well he knows when to play uh when to play who and uh, he only has to do it one more time now. So I, I'm definitely not feeling real great going up against him. Uh, even even though on paper, my roster might look like it's a little better. Uh, I'm not feeling real great going in there. And uh, speaking of great rosters, and this, this, is, this is a tough one for Mike. 
know, and, and I think probably the, the toughest part for him is that he didn't even get to use Christian McCaffrey, who he picked up uh, going into the playoffs right before the right before the trade deadline. He went out, got that big piece to put himself over the top, and he never even got to dust him off. So, and he that he had to give up a couple good keeper pieces in doing that. That was Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, and Stefan Diggs. Uh, you know, all three players that have contributed to Dave's team when he was still still going and uh, probably are guys that are going to make Dave think a little bit next year when it comes to keeper time. And Mike doesn't have those guys now. Not that, not that he's devoid of any keeper targets there. He's still got Tyreek Hill on a pretty good deal. He's still got Terry McLaurin. He's still got some pretty good players in there, but... He had a roster that was pretty close to full of keeper candidates and had to give up uh, quite a few of those in order to get a big piece that he wasn't even able to take advantage of. So that's got to hurt quite a bit for him because I think he knows he was so close that if, if he just gets McCaffrey in the lineup, you know, these these weeks where you only put up 125 and where you're, the rest of your roster underwhelms, it's probably more than made up for by Christian McCaffrey going off for 20 to 30 points, which is pretty much a lock anytime he's in the lineup. So uh, definitely a tough one for Mike there. Uh, huge first season for him here. I know Vince set the bar pretty high for, for guys coming into the league and uh, winning the championship. And I, I think Mike definitely thought that he was going to be in that discussion as well. And uh, going into the playoffs, it seemed like he definitely should be. But sometimes it only takes one bad week and you're bounced. So I expect him to be back and even stronger next year because now he's got some experience uh, with these auction drafts. Yeah, and that, that Christian McCaffrey trade, you know, just to, you know, play the, the hindsight game, you know, Stephon Diggs scores 25 this week. Um, let's assume he takes Terry McLaurin's spot uh, for Bonnie McMurray. That gives him the win. Um, yeah. Mike, Mike, you know, so Christian McCaffrey on the bench, Mike Davis plays and gets 8.1. Uh, so, you know, even if he was still in there or he puts in, you know, somebody else, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a tough one that hurts. You know, Antonio Brown's on the bench. He gives, he gets 20. I don't think you ever expect Antonio Brown to go off. So I'm not sure anybody would have put Antonio Brown in instead of Terry McLaurin, but uh, Stephon Diggs, you would have played for sure. So that, you know, that one has to hurt a little bit, but there was no indication at the time of the trade that CMC wasn't going to play, right? And yeah. that, that he would have been out for five weeks, every week. It's like, oh no, he's going to play. And then on Saturday, it's like, oh, I guess not. So just, like that had to just be heartbreaking for Mike. But for a while, it didn't seem like it mattered. You know, he still had great scores week after week. But this week, it finally catches up to him, you know, with Mike Davis only putting up that 8.1 uh, and just it, the rest of his roster just didn't didn't have enough there. Again, 125, not a bad score, but it's not going to get you in the championship. So, uh, you know, really, really disappointing week for Mike overall. Yeah, and big kudos to Dave. We clowned him a lot for both deals that he made this year, and it, it turned out he came out on the right side of both of them. So... Uh, I think he gets the last laugh there. He didn't have to take the ACT. You know, he had a lot of injuries. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, maybe we'll give him the benefit of the doubt next year when he swings a couple of deals. Probably not, but maybe. No, yeah. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we talked about Dave getting fleeced and kind of made fun of him. So I agree. We, we need to fully walk that back because he, he did 
you know, we, we talk about you can't really declare a winner till the end of the season, and and Dave won both those trades. Uh, yep. But yeah, no, that's not gonna that's not gonna impact future uh, discussions or, or future making fun of Dave. Yeah, likely not. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on here, Tony, into your game. Uh, you beat Kalen King's Bob's Roethlisberger's 160.2 to 122.8. Lamar Jackson showing up 29.2. Alvin Kamara a little bit disappointing, 18. But David Montgomery makes up for it with a 29.2. Braden Ayuk, who we have mentioned uh, as frequently outperformed projection, gives you 22.3. And Calvin Ridley. 32.3 uh, getting you that 160 number on the other side a little bit disappointing for Aaron Rodgers only 18.3 was projected 22.4 Josh Jacobs shows up with 20.4 so 122.8 not going to do it and this this game was decided fairly early as your team started really running away with that with that game so Tony you move on to the championship your first championship in this league um, and and this one had to feel great. Yeah, I was definitely concerned going into the week because Kalen had gotten the best of me twice, and uh, you know I was a little worried that maybe you know what what was going on with Mike's team against Charlie's team was also happening with me going against Kalen's, and I was I was able to shake it uh, here. You know, David Montgomery coming on for me the last couple of weeks, he could be a potential league winner for me the way he's been playing lately. Um, you know, Clyde Edwards-Lair hasn't really been there for me the last couple of weeks between injuries and just, uh, you know, really just underwhelming. And David Montgomery, I've been able to plug right in and not miss a beat. Um, Kamara gets me 18.4, and I think that's kind of low end for what he can do now that Breeze is back, uh, throwing the ball out there. And Lamar Jackson starting to look a little more like he did last year. You know, he's running the ball a lot more. He's... I think he's realizing that he has to kind of take up the mantle with his feet a little bit more than he's been doing if, if he really wants uh, to, you know, be a big advantage on, on the field for for his team. I think he's been trying to play from the pocket a little too much this year. And, you know, his, his biggest advantage on the field is his legs, and he's starting to use them again. And, uh, you know, I've gotten, gotten good efforts from Brandon Ayuk the last couple weeks. Calvin really has a big week for me. And because of that, he's able to survive a pretty pretty weak uh, showing from Devontae Adams this week. So uh, really happy with the way the team performed. Uh, it's a tough one for Kalen on the other side. DK Metcalf uh, goes down with an injury. Uh, Justin Jefferson has a really good game for him. Travis Kelsey does what he does, uh, but only gets 14.6 out of Chubb. You know, Rodgers uh, doesn't put up a ton for him. Robbie Anderson only two catches. That that hurts him quite a bit when you're going up against a team that's uh, kind of clicking on all cylinders for the week. You know, that he has some pretty good showings, but he needed some great showings this week. And it's just a, a, a tough way to end for Kalen. He was number one seed this year. Uh, it was a, a huge rags to riches story coming from being in the toilet bowl last year to. Uh, having the, the top record in the league and look like a team that was primed and, and ready to compete for a championship and you know just just a rough week for him the injury bug finally hit him he, he had been relatively healthy most of the season um, and it, it reared his head at the wrong time for him so uh, he's gonna have to go back and uh, 
and uh, kind of assess the team for next year. But I think he's got some really, really good keepers for next year. Nick Chubb is still really cheap for him. DK Metcalf still really cheap. Justin Jefferson, uh, I believe, is only like a buck or two for him. So uh, I would assume those three are definitely going to be in the conversation. There might be a couple others there, but uh, he's, he's going to have a pretty formidable trio coming back next year, whichever three he picks, and he's going to have a lot of money left in the draft to to come back with so I think I think he had a really good draft strategy this year he's kind of changed his year year over year uh, you know you kind of see a different philosophy every year for him and this one you know really worked for him he went running back heavy uh, paid a bunch for him and was able to, to fill out the roster with some pretty good receivers down the line and I, I think Kalen's gonna be back next year I don't think we're gonna see him back in the toilet bowl situation no, it was fairly surprising to see him there last year. Um, but I agree, you know, the the days of dropping 70 on OBJ are gone. You know, he, he's figured this league out a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I, I expect him to be fighting for playoff spots and, and in the playoffs more often than not. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Uh, I think, Tony, that'll do it here for the Super Cold Open presented by Modine's 3, Letterkenny's premier home for puppers logger now tony i know i know you got to get back to your team you got to get back to preparation for for christmas for the championship week but uh we got to ask you man how how are you feeling going into this championship game i know you're not feeling you know you mentioned feeling a little nervous uh but what what do you think are going to be your, your keys to victory um what do you think you need to do to to seal your first championship in the league I'm, I'm I'm looking at the projections right now, and uh, you know, my, my team is favored by 31 and a half points going into this game. Mm-hmm. So, how I how I should feel and how I actually feel are two completely <laughs> different things. Because <laughs> looking at this, I, I'm I'm like I my guys just need to do what they're supposed to do, or even really half of what they're supposed to do. And I'm going to be in position to win this. But, you know, how many how many times have we said, you know, week in, week out, when looking at, at Charlie's roster, you know, I don't think he's got got enough points in there to, to overcome this week. You know, he's if, if games were played on paper, he would have probably been, you know, he would have been the toilet bowl playoffs this year because from a, from a projected point standpoint every single week, uh, that's kind of where he's been. So Charlie's got me right where he wants me this week, <laughs> which doesn't make <laughs> me feel good at all. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through and I'm, I'm seeing pretty much, you know, pretty much green check marks all the way through for my team. Um, I, I know that Charlie's going to push the right buttons on his roster. You know, he's got Kyler Murray going up against the Niners and Niners defense has been, a been really poor down the stretch. Um, especially uh, on the passing side. So I'm not feeling real great about that. DeAndre Swift starting to come on a little bit for him now that Matt Patricia has finally been canned up, up there in Detroit. And they're actually using talented players now. Um, you know, Mike Evans has Detroit. Uh, Marquise Brown, you never really know uh, when he's going to go off there. But, you know, I have the quarterback on that side. So anytime he's throwing to Marquise Brown, uh that's that's gonna the ratio kind of slants to his favor on that one so that that helps uh and uh you know Noah Fant if if he if he can get another week like he got last week from him 
uh, you know, that could be big as well. Tony, the the only time I so I find this kind of fascinating and, and a little bit poetic, but the the last time you guys faced was in week one, where you got the best of Charlie one sixty two point one to one twenty one point six. Uh, you know, essentially a forty point five point spread. Uh, and so the season starts and the season ends with you against Charlie. And uh, it just it feels it feels fitting that that this is how the season goes. Yeah, it really does. And the fact that uh, you know, he's somebody that I talk to pretty much on a daily basis. So uh, we have each other pretty well scouted out. I, each of us know who the other one really likes from a, from a player standpoint. Um, you know, that, that makes it even more fitting. You know, we've, we've been talking fantasy stuff going back to probably May, uh, you know, when we needed something to kind of distract ourselves from all the COVID stuff going on. We started, we started talking, uh, dynasty league stuff and auction league stuff, me, him and Steve. And, uh, the fact that it comes down to the two of us is definitely pretty fitting. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping I can get the best of him here. Uh, because, my, my time in his other leagues this year hasn't, hasn't exactly gone too well, so I need to make sure I can get him at least in this league. <laughs> when I think about the football knowledge in our, in our group and in our fantasy league, you know, I think you and Charlie are definitely one and two, and I don't know, I don't know who's one and who's two necessarily. You know, obviously you have a lot more of the, the coaching and, and playing aspect, um, but, you know, tr- some of Charlie's knowledge of, of individual players and, and all of that, you know, you two are, are, you know, we, we heard it in the, the, the NFL draft specials that you guys did, you know, breaking down positions where, you know, even as, as a casual bordering, you know, fairly big fan of college and professional football, you guys are talking about guys I've never heard of. Um, and, and not only talking about them, but like really giving legitimate stats and all of that. So, you know, I think it's cool to see that that knowledge paying off because Tony, you've you've struggled in this league for pretty much the the entirety of its existence, and we've talked a lot about you know you've been hit by the injury bug over and over and over again, um, and we recognize now that you were the blitz. We just didn't know at the time until you passed it on to Steve. You know, with hindsight, I think we're able to see that now. But it's kind of cool to see that it's the guys who are really invested in in the NFL, in fantasy football, you know, and that, that, that is really starting to pay off all that time and effort you guys put into it. So I'll say as, as somebody who is kind of an outsider, I'm happy to see that. Uh, I think, you know, it was, Steve is another one. I, I, I would probably put him at three um, as far as football knowledge early, you know, at least NFL player knowledge. Um, and so to see you three, um, you know, Steve having won multiple and now you guys going up here. It's just, it's kind of cool to watch. Yeah. A lot of my knowledge is being wasted on, on depth pieces, trying to survive injuries for a couple of years. So, <laughs> so the fact that I can actually use it for my starting lineup this year has been uh, a welcome sight for me. Uh, and I definitely, definitely like the makeup of my team they've come together even better than I could have imagined at the beginning of the year. I really liked my team and I really liked, uh, you know, what the potential was, uh, was able to get Devonte Adams through the middle of the season. And that was a huge pickup. Um, you know, and was able to pick up Brandon Ayuk at some point throughout the season too, which helped quite a bit. And, uh, was even able to sneak uh, Jalen hurts in there who might end up being a keeper candidate for me next year to, to backfill 
Lamar Jackson. So I, I think my roster is still pretty well set up for next year too. But I got, we got one more big one this week and I feel pretty good going into it. Um, just, you know, I, I got to put enough points on the board to outweigh, you know, what Charlie's able to do to most teams in this league. Because if I put together a, a relatively average outing, he's going to get me. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, it's got to be it's got to be all out for you because we don't know what the week is going to look like. But it just seems to always go Charlie's way. But, uh, you know, you got the better of him week one. Charlie only had three regular season losses uh, and you were one of them. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited for it. Uh, but, Tony, we're going to go ahead and let you go. At this point, uh, so you can go get ready for all of that. We're going to keep the pod rolling with some other guests, but uh, any any final words as as you go into the championship game? Uh, well, everybody on the uh, guest picker segment today should should probably uh, pick Charlie. So hopefully the jinx goes back to uh, you know <laughs> my side. <laughs> I would appreciate that quite a bit. Uh, but I, outside of what was that? Well, now you put me in a pickle because I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Charlie win. But if I pick Charlie, that might be helping you. Yeah, uh, exactly. So I want to figure out what exactly I want to do with that. Duty, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> the mental warfare has begun. <laughs> no, but outside of that, uh, you know, just hoping for a, a great showing this week. And, uh, you know, outside of our game, you know, Merry Christmas to everybody in in the league, everybody who's listening to us, who is probably just people in the league, but if there's anybody else out there, you know, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. And hopefully we'll be coming to you next week uh, with with me with the championship. But, uh, you know, it's, a, it's been a tough year for everybody, uh, not just in the fantasy side, but just in, you know, with everything going on in the world. I think everybody needs this holiday season. Uh more than ever. So hopefully everybody enjoys theirs out there and uh, the best to everyone. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic, Tony. I, I wish you luck. Uh, not too much luck, but I do wish you luck this week and uh, a Merry Christmas to you, my friend. This has been a, another fantastic season as we get into the championship and we'll come back next week and, and break it all down. But uh, you know, this is kind of the final episode of of I would say the the normal part of the season. You know, we're gonna have an episode where we break down the championship game. Uh, you know, obviously an episode where we do ACT. We'll see how the summer goes. We may do the Frosty Live tour again for real, as we planned last year before it went all virtual. But uh, this is kind of this is kind of our send off of the the regular types of episodes. Um, so it's been it's been a blast having you on here again for season two and look forward to uh, to season three in the future. Not time to say goodbye yet, but, uh, you know, it's certainly heading that way. So uh, Merry, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Same to you. Looking forward to it uh, for, for year three as well. So uh, have a good one, Derek. And uh, best of luck to Charlie this week. All right, Tony. Good luck. We will catch you next week. And uh, stick with us here. We're going to have some more of the Frosty and Perenni podcast. Next up on the podcast, we have the other side of the championship game, coach of Blue Cat Lodge. Welcome back to the podcast, Charlie Thurber. Derek, 
awesome to be here as always and uh feeling feeling especially good this week with with christmas and a championship appearance uh in uh in the coming days and i would say the most improbable championship appearance uh as as we you know last week i don't know if you heard the podcast or not we had mike on who was who was talking about this and i think he was the one that was was definitely the most he was most nervous uh, he was really kind of thinking, hey, I'm going to lose this game, even though he was projected to win by 20 or 30. Uh, but sure enough, your boys come together again and have an, a really remarkable uh, a really remarkable win. You were projected to lose 140 to 113.7 as those games kicked off and end up winning 135 to 125, nearly a 10-point spread. Uh, what, were, what were your thoughts going through last week as you're watching these games? Man, well, first off, I, I really didn't want to face Mike after, you know, checking out how his team was rolling over the past two months or so. And they're just loaded. Um, and uh, I, I got I definitely got fortunate. I, I was I had tempered expectations, but um, I knew if a few things, you know, went right for me, it could happen. Right. So um, to have Noah Fant kick it off big um, on that Thursday night game, what really helped me just to kind of get some extra points in my empty slots, a tight end, um, defense kicker, you know, young way has just been doing it for me all year long. So, you know, just with this efficient and ugly styled team, I mean, the, it's, it's done the trick and, uh, you know, getting Marquise Brown out there probably for the first time in my lineup all season and having him, probably have his only productive game of the year it's it's been one of those kinds of years for me so i'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts because i got a lot of bad luck in store for me coming around next season <laughs> yeah it uh it comes in, in cycles so look forward <laughs> to all those injuries <laughs> yeah exactly so i was pretty ticked though with uh michael thomas you know i was really hoping i could get him back in for the playoffs and just the guy just completely uh you know has has uh, left his team out to dry uh just i don't know what's going on with him and drew Brees, but it's not good and so that's 65 uh auction dollars of mine that are out the window i was really hoping to have him back and um so when i saw he was out officially last week for the rest of the year i was just like man this is not going to be good but um you know the guy the boys you know had it up their sleeves one more time and you know hopefully they have one more this week against a tough Pretoria fc team yeah, and so let's get into it because this this matchup here between you and Tony, you know, one of the things that Tony and I talked about is that you two have, you know, the, probably the most NFL knowledge, and, and it's really cool to see that paying off because you know Tony's been in this league for for a number of years and has never been in a championship game. You know, you were in it last year and didn't quite make it, uh, and so it's cool to see you guys who really invest a lot of time and energy into the NFL and, and making sure you know these these players and these teams, it's really cool to see you guys doing really well with it. Um, so as, as we dig into it, though, we're seeing kind of what we've seen from the projections all season, and that is that you are projected to lose big time. Um, but I, I think we've all learned you can't trust those projections, especially when it comes to your team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I don't think ESPN factors in some of the some of the uh, football related uh, mindset. But again, I mean, for this to happen on a weekly basis is just crazy. Um, but I've definitely been 
kind of going against the projector and diving into some of those, you know, trying to exploit some of those cornerback matchups and stuff that ESPN isn't isn't necessarily on through the season, and that's helped me. But to hit on it enough to be this efficient is just uncanny. So I, I'm running into a obviously a loaded squad with with Tony's squad, and uh, you know it's it really is going to come down to if his big boys go off, you know, 25, 30 points like like they usually do. It's going to be really tough for me to keep up. Um, but you know, I've, I was bummed to see Cam Akers go out for the rest of the season with the ankle. That was a big loss for me. But at the same time, Leonard Fournette came out of nowhere last week and put up like 25 points and, you know, got him rolling in my lineup. So it just, um, that handcuffing's paying off and Deandre Swift as well. I mean, really relying on him and, um, you know, he's not a big name yet, but he will be. So we'll see, uh, we're, we're saddled up and, you know, we're going to give it our best shot, but again, got to temper expectations against this juggernaut Perendi squad. Yeah. The, the only time that I can see here that you guys face each other was in week one. And I talked to Tony, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to see you guys went wait against each other in week one. And now fast forward to the championship game, coming back together, and you know, really the bookends of the season. And in that first matchup, he got you 162, to 121.6, one of your only three losses of the year. Uh, and, and that's when Tony was really putting up those 160-point games week in and week out. You know, he's projected 145 this week. You're in the one-teens. Uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of green check marks on Tony's side. But again, like I said, and like you said, ESPN doesn't always factor in the right stuff here. Um, so what would you say is the one thing that – if if uh, the fantasy gods were going to give you a gift this Christmas, uh, what do you think is the one thing that would be the difference maker, either from Tony's side or from your side? Um, for me, again, it's going to I'm going to have to I'm not going to out, you know, have anyone outplay Alvin Kamara or, you know, any of those studs like that. But I definitely need Kyler to hang with Lamar Jackson from a point standpoint, and I need to to just kind of dominate with, you know, the kicking game, the defense game. You know, I got the Bears going against the Jaguars this week. So if they can come out and sack, uh, you know, get three or four sacks and a couple turnovers, maybe a defensive score, um, you know, if I can get a good – I don't know who I'm going to play at tight end yet if I'm going to go Fant um, or not. But I'm leaning towards Fant again. And, you know, if if I can get some of those performances from those back-end guys on my roster, that's where I've made up ground. Um, and, the, and mixing and matching in the in the weeks I've had success. So I, I could get lucky there. I think, you know, just picking up Emmanuel Sanders this week and throwing him into my wide receiver too. He's the de facto number one target in, in New Orleans. So, um, you know, if he somehow becomes the star of the game over Alvin Kamara um, and a few other things align, like the Bears defense plays well, then I'll have a shot. But um, I'm really going to need, you know, a good three or four of those things to, to go my way to keep up with some of the stars he has on his squad. Well, I'll tell you, I'll give a, a sneak peek into who I'm going to pick here at the end of the podcast. But I'm, uh, I'm going with you in, on this one. I know the numbers don't look good, but uh, I, I dubbed your team the team of destiny for this year. And so <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. And uh, I think I think you're going to have a great Christmas present in a championship in the Emmy given Sunday league. So uh, best of luck to you, Charlie. As hey, Derek, you go thanks so much. It's been a blast. And uh, that would be that would be truly just awesome to 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 get a trophy and, and get a title. And it's been a been a great run. And 
you know, that will help me brace myself for the bad luck streak that's in, indubitably coming my way in 2021. So <laughs> the richest to rag story like Kevin from last year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Charlie. Well, thank you for joining us. We're going to let you get back to your, your championship game preparation, your preparation for Christmas. I know it's a busy time of year. We greatly appreciate you joining the podcast. Uh, Merry Christmas, my friend, and good luck. Merry Christmas, Derek. Merry Christmas, League, and uh, we'll see you guys this weekend. All right, that is Charlie Thurber from Blue Cat Lodge. Stick with us. We are going to bring in the the guy who will be taking the ACT. Uh, one of the guys who I thought had the best name in our league. And I am very surprised that he is in this spot because he we a couple weeks ago we were talking about him for for playoff contention and that is kevin hulick uh so welcome to the podcast kevin well uh thanks for having me kind of wish i wasn't here to be honest (laughs) well that's i had uh i had texted you and steve the other day and uh it was you know hey loser on the podcast and you know what's what's availability so we could get you know the the podcast scheduled and, you know, you both kind of replied, and I was, thinking, I was sitting there thinking, like, man, they both are hoping that they don't need to give me a real time. Um, <laughs> and this game, you know, we Tony and I talked about it in the Super Cold Open, but, you know, this game really, really came down to the wire with the Monday night game being Baltimore and Pittsburgh. You know, and Tony said it, you've lived by the Steelers and died by the Steelers, and for the majority of this season, that has worked out great for you. But these last three weeks, the three weeks that you probably needed it the most, they have struggled. And and now you find yourself taking the ACT when, like I said, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, if you got a win and some points, you would have been in the playoff. Yeah, well, I was talking to Tim and he uh, mentioned the, uh, I forget the phrase he used, but it was kind of like the Mount Rushmore of uh, the, the toilet bowl winners. And now I'm on that, and it includes such teams as, you know, Ty's team last year, which was not any good. Uh, Panel's team, which for two years was terrible. And then uh, <laughs> Kenzie's team, which got one win and was was really, really bad. And by, when I looked at the roster that year, I remember there was like, I thought, I would only even want one of these players on my team, even on my bench. So, <laughs> you know, I thought I had a decent team. I just got, I had a terrible season though. And yeah, the Steelers, you know, they, throughout the years, I've kind of bet on different teams for my fantasy squad. And a lot of years it's worked. This year it just did not work out with the Steelers. The offense is just inconsistent. The defense has been great, but they've fallen off the last few weeks. So what can you do except take the ACT? Yeah, so I mean, I guess has that has that fully sunk in for you yet that you're uh, you're going to be sitting there taking the exam, um, you know, at some point here soon, and, and obviously COVID's going to dictate that more than anything else of when, but uh, has that sunk in, and what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, we got to aim for the 36. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to do something, do it right. <laughs> Math will be tricky. I know that. Oh yeah. Uh, science, that's also going to be tricky, but you know, we'll we'll get there. We'll 
well, maybe not the 36, but we'll get to actually taking the test. That'll that'll happen. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm not too worried about it. I have to ask because Dave asked in the Discord and you did not say anything, um, but I have uh, I'm curious your thoughts. You know, um, I think the elephant in the room here is that, you know, last week it was it was you lost to Saved by LaBelle, which was a team that I, I was advisor for. Um, and, you know, I, it's nobody can say what what would have happened. Had that not, you know, had I had not been hired on as advisor and Ty set, you know, still with the team, would he have set a lineup? Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, last week was a really rough week for you points-wise. Um, but, you know, after you lost that game, Dave asked, you know, Kevin, do you still agree that that Derek should have taken over? Maybe do you, do you I don't know if he necessarily asked it that way, but more so like, do you agree with Dave that it shouldn't have happened? And, uh I'm curious, what are your thoughts there? You know, as as you were kind of the one that was, we'll say, um, affected most by that move. Uh, um, yeah, I think I did see that, and I just didn't respond for some reason. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, I it is what it is. Um, you know, I guess I could have asked for a consultant to come on board, but. I don't really think it would have done much difference. Um, so, you know, I, it, it just wasn't a thing. I will say, uh, so with the culmination of last night, this has been like the worst sports week in a long time for me because uh, over the week, Spurs went from first place in the league to now they're, I think, sixth because the table is so tight and they had three games this week and they lost two and drew one. I, uh, you know, obviously this and the whole cause of this was the fact that the Steelers lost, which is my football team. And so now they don't have the division clinched and, you know, theoretically they could lose the division. Although I, I mean, I think they'll get one win in those last two. So that won't matter, but and then uh, the other one is I was in the semifinals in the, the other league that I'm in, and the other league that I'm in has a very nice payout if you make it to the championship game where uh, the winner gets 1000 and the second-place team gets 500 And coincidentally, I lost to a team that, and this, was, this occurred after I named my team, but the other team that I was facing was named Jumping the Chark. So... <laughs> You know, it, uh, and now I'm I'm not in the money, and uh, yeah, I just I got I my team did all right in that league, but I just got crushed that week. The guy scored like he scored over 200 points, but we also have an extra play. We have an extra player in that league as opposed to our league, so the scoring is a little different. But you know, it it it's just been rough this week. Now it's Christmas. And Christmas and COVID. What what are you gonna do? Uh, <laughs> Rough times, man. Rough times all around. Not Kevin's week here. Um, everything yeah. everything at the sports wise that you love is just crumbling in front of you. 
Well, I would, I would say that I haven't had a very hard life, but this is one of the <laughs> toughest moments of it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, Kevin, we wish you all the best when it comes to your ACT prep. Do you have any specific strategy, or are you just going to go in with the knowledge you have today? Um, what I'll probably do is uh, look up some formulas for math and then memorize, you know, mnemonic devices. I already know some of them, like, uh, what's that one? Uh, there's, like, PEMDAS, but I'll memorize stuff like that. And then once the math section starts, I will take the piece of paper that I'm given and write them all down, and hopefully that will be enough to get me through math. I guess, let me let me ask you, um, what's your prediction for my score since you've seen someone take the ACT now? So it's an interesting question because if we look at the four sections, so English, um, <clears throat> what was it? English, reading, math, and science. So English and reading, I think you'll do well. You've, you've always done a nice job. You know, your vocabulary is strong. Uh, grammar, I believe, is, is pretty strong. So I think you'll do well in, in the English section. Reading section, reading comprehension, how you get through all those legal documents, I have no idea. I assume you'll do fine in reading. Science, I think you have, you're an analytical person. Um, it's a lot of, you know, data, graphs, all of that. Um, so I think you'll do well in that section. Math is going to be the tricky one, and that's going to be the X factor. And I think that's going to be true for, you know, kind of moving forward through the years. Math is going to be the X factor. I predict for you, Kevin, I'm going to say, so Ty got a 20. What do you get? A 27? Seven. Yeah, 27. So that was a really, really good score. Um, the the thing about that, though, is that Ty got to see that science one twice um, because of the, the flub up with the Internet. So I think that score was a little bit artificially inflated. It, it'll stand as a 27, but I'm sure seeing it twice helped Ty. Kevin, I, pro- I project for you a 25, a 25. I think I think reading and English are going to carry you. Math, or science is going to be your, you know, kind of the the next one down. All of those scores are going to be fairly high, real high 20s, potentially in the 30s. Math is going to be the dropper. And it's all, you know, how much prep work can you do ahead of time? But well, as I a forgot, lawyer. I forgot uh, to mention, Derek, um, you know what I'm going to do? I guess I should have said this when you asked me what my strategy was. Like Ty, I am going to get a consultant. And, uh, <laughs> yes, you should get a consultant. I fully, fully support that. <laughs> or maybe just even a proxy. And I will give them dual log on privileges to my practice test. <laughs> Kevin's going to be the one that goes in and does all the practice tests. So he's seen them all and uh, looks up all the answers and then can memorize the answers to the questions. And he's going to get a 36 and he's going to cheat the whole way through. But you know what? If you're going to put that much time to the ACT, you deserve a 36. And I stand by it. Well, (laughs) you know, I, I think there's a lot of people that think they would do that. You know, that they would spend time practicing and stuff. I can tell you that I will not really spend time practicing. I will spend like an hour the day before looking at formulas, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) 
there are, there are better things to do with one's time. <laughs> well, Kev, we wish you the absolute best of luck with the ACT. Um, sorry it was an unfortunate season for you, but we appreciate you being a good sport about it. And uh, if, if you will, come back uh, in a little while to help us pick the championship game. Will do. All right. Excellent. Thank you very much, Kevin Hewlett. All right. Enough toilet bowl ACT talk. Now it's time to move in to the championship game. But before we do that, we have to welcome onto the podcast interns Dave Peschin and Vince Gorgonzola. Not taking the ACT. All right. <laughs> skating by. Skating by somehow got into the, the playoffs and failed miserably. So there's a couple things, I think, before we get into the conference call that need to be discussed. Um, and that is, first, uh, well, I guess both things have a lot to do with our Discord talk that <clears throat> some folks are a part of and some some are not. But I'm going to start first with uh, Dave and I. So Dave has been very outspoken, uh, very much against my advisor role on Ty's team. And, uh, you know, especially with Kevin now taking the ACT. And we heard from Kevin a bit ago. But, you know, with if had Tyler not changed any lineup since week, I think it was 11, he would have scored 78 points in that game last week. Uh, but instead, you know, I made sure the lineup was set. Uh, there's a chance that Ty would have would have done that on his own. I'm not sure. You know, can't change the past. But, you know, Dave was pretty outspoken uh, that uh, he was calling some, some falsehood there and uh, didn't really get too many takers. So I'll start, Dave, with you, uh, you know, for the, for the masses to hear uh your uh your displeasure well i i will say I, I don't know if it was displeasure as much as just kind of uh looking at both sides of the coin here i think that for one uh and, and i believe you've called me out on previous episodes that i've also not set my lineup i wasn't calling calling ty out or calling you out for not setting the lineup I was I was calling calling the move out because you took over the team because somebody didn't set the lineup. Like nobody nobody's taken over my team, even though there were times that maybe I didn't get the lineup completely set until the four o'clock games were starting, and uh, and I paid the price for that. And that's part of fantasy football, in my opinion. I think you, you know you start a team. You join a league, you're committed, you throw money in the pot, you know the risks involved if you lose the toilet bowl, and it's up to you to manage your team effectively enough to either you know not take the ACT or potentially win the league, win some cash, and uh, and and get to brag about things for a little bit. Uh, and again, I. It, We've touched on this briefly off air. I think that the uh, the way text is interpreted 
compared to actually voicing your opinion and talking about things, it, it might come off a different way. I, I really wasn't trying to be like a dick saying like, this is a shitty move. And, and even Joe kind of as an outsider, I, I valued his opinion. I wanted to know what his thoughts were on it because he's outside of the league. And I think it brings a good perspective into the situation of you taking over Ty's team. Um, and, and, and he kind of jokingly said like, Oh, I get it. Like you're upset because you're losing. And you know, I'm a, <laughs> I, I am upset that I'm losing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not upset about the transition of management on, uh, on on Ty's team necessarily uh I think it was I think it was worthy to bring up the conversation it's not the first time I've done it throughout this season with a lot of special circumstances going on in the NFL and 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 definitely the impact it plays on fantasy I I I was bringing it up as a potential uh you know uh, uh contributor to the way things could spin throughout the last few games and and after looking i i spoke up and then after actually looking into the schedules and seeing what could change and the dynamic of uh you, you know your remaining schedule compared to the rest of the league it, it didn't seem like it was going to impact any of those bubble teams and again i fully admit i'm not speaking as a bubble team but i i thought it was something worth having i i just thought it was worth having the conversation like hey what if this impacts x y and z and uh and maybe it came off the wrong way and maybe it didn't i don't know maybe everybody kind of uh received it the way i intended it to be received uh but i still am not a fan of it in, in my opinion i think something a, a big move like that should almost go to a league vote versus uh you know taking it into your own hands as you're very much a part of this league, even though you're, you don't have a full-time team, you're very much a part of this league, Derek. And I, I, I'm not saying that you like as an outsider, but as a non-team manager, just taking the initiative and the executive decision to take over that team, it just seemed like something that should have been discussed more at the end of the day. It doesn't matter because I don't have to take the AC. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess, you know, let's, we can talk a little bit about, you know, how that all came to be. Um, and I, I, one thing I want to really touch on was your point that, you know, when you commit to a league, uh, you know, you, you play and you, you do all of that. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think the preferred outcome for all parties was for Ty to be a, a better, better coach, a better manager sure, in the league, sure. yeah, you absolutely. know, and, and play that. And that, that would have been all around the the preferred outcome uh, for for this league. So if we go back to like week, I want to say it was like week five, week four, I'd reach out to Ty. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, and, and anybody who's played fantasy football kind of knows, and, and if you've ever been one of these managers, and, and I, I have in a fantasy hockey league, you know, when you're just kind of done with it, that's when you don't set lineups, you don't pick up any guys on the waiver wire. Um, it, it's a pretty good sign that you're just you're done. You're cashed. Uh, you know, Ty's not coming back next year. I mean, I don't. There's never been a discussion about that, but everybody knows Ty's not coming back because he's done, and that's okay. Um, sure. And so right around week, you know, week two, week three, week four, uh, was texting Ty like, hey, you need to set a lineup. You need to set a lineup. This guy's out. Set a lineup. 
and uh, you know, no lineups were set. So I reached out. And to that was people. shared publicly for the most oh, yeah. part. I mean, that wasn't like a secret thing that you were doing. We were well aware that you were, or multiple people were reaching out to him. Right. Which I'm okay with. Sure. And uh, you know, week five, I had reached out to him, and I was just like, hey, you know, if if you're not into this you don't want to do this like that's fine but like you know maybe hand the team over so that you know somebody who who wants to play or or can you know can kind of take it over and make it competitive because you know same thing we've talked about in years past it's not fun when it's a essentially a walking bye week and you're just waiting to see if like some dude goes off and hits a bad team and then like that's the one win but otherwise it's it's essentially a, a walking bye week and so the timing of it seemed peculiar, I think, to to those who, well, I mean, pretty much anybody outside, like me, Ty, and like to, Tony and I had chatted about it throughout the year um, as well. But there was there was kind of a constant like, you know, set the lineup or get out, like or stop, you know, it, essentially not get out of the way, but like or, or like hand hand sure. over the team. And so finally, it kind of got to a point where Ty was like, yeah, I'm. I'm not a part of this. I don't really want to be a part of a part of the fantasy team. My pride got in the way, which is why I didn't really hand it over before, um, you know, kind of kind of take it. And so I uh, what's interesting. So, you know, we, we all make decisions and we make them calculated a lot of times. And so I made a calculated decision to, you know, take that that second owner spot. And so I guess the thing I'll kind of push back on you is like the executive decision to take it over. Like that didn't, that really wasn't, I could see how it looks like that. I guess in my mind, it wasn't that it was more tie handing over the reins than me taking it over. But I guess, I mean, there's, there's kind of some semantics there at the end of the day. Uh, it was tie. It was Ty's team. And then essentially I took it over and, and um, you know, made way for wire moves uh, set lineups, you know, to, to, I, had, I had full you put some effort in. Yeah, sure. You know, and, and the team was terrible and <laughs> there had been, I mean, there had been no moves on the waiver wire the entire season. There were zero moves, no trades. Um, there had been trades proposed. They were never addressed. Uh, no waiver wire claims. I still had all hundred dollars of, of free agency money. Um, and, and so, you know, you go in to pick up running backs. There are no running backs to be had, you know, that, that kind of thing on the right. waiver wire. Cause it's, you know, especially with an IR spot, a couple IR spots, you know, the, there's no depth in the, in the waiver wire, especially when it comes to running backs. So, you know, that was something that, that had come up. And um, so when, when you brought it up and I had a feeling somebody would, especially, you know, we dropped it on the podcast. It wasn't that much of a secret, and the first two weeks, or I guess the last two weeks of the season, were were going to be losses for for Saved by the Bell, anyways. And so I was kind of curious if it was going to go to a league vote. Um, and so, you know, to your point of should it have been a league vote? Like maybe I don't know. Um, we've never had a you know kind of channeling the Steve Groover thing. We've never really had a rule against it, so there would have needed <laughs> wow. to be a vote. Uh, and so that's fine if there would have been, and I would have respected that vote. But at the end of the day, there wasn't. And I so mean, my rebuttal would be: there's never been a league vote on me like destroying all of your electronics so that you can't set your lineup. <laughs> so you know, if we're playing the Steve River card, there's never been a rule against it. You know, uh, 
No, I mean, Dude, I, I, you know, a lot I, of damaged property is it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> There's laws, Dave. There's laws. Yeah, well, not in the court of fantasy football. There aren't. And I think I, I, I can appreciate your view and some of the people that disagreed with me. I can I can appreciate their view. And I think that, you know, there's definitely merit to it. But these were all, in my opinion, conversations that happened after the decision. And to your point, yeah, maybe at that point after and and I was almost like as I was listening to the podcast episode live, responding in chat and 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 I was I was typing stuff out before I even got to the point where you said, yeah, and maybe there will be some people that disagree with this move. And I'm already like, you know, I've got five messages deep on my opinion of this matter. And uh, and, you know. I I understand. I do agree that the league is better as a whole when everybody is invested in it, when everybody sets their lineup, um, and when 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 people are putting forth a reasonable effort in a you know relatively fun and inexpensive fantasy football league. I think there are you know uh, there's a, a a mark to hit as far as you know. Some people like Tony, Charlie, Steve, even, you know, Kalen are into the minutia of the league a lot more than I am way more. And, you know, even out of those, you know, handful of people, they're a lot more familiar with the NFL in general, a lot more familiar with, with people in the league, good players, bad players, sleepers, bust players. Um, but I, I think, you know, for our league, there's a reasonable level of expectation going into it. And the league is way better when everybody at least meets that level of expectation, whatever it might be. And, you know, I love Ty, but it, obviously he wasn't hit, hitting it. And, you know, he kind of had cashed out. And that's fine. I, I, I just don't think necessarily that's the first time we've seen it. Um, even my younger brother was a part of the league at one point. I don't know how many football, uh, fantasy football leagues I've been involved with, uh, when L was also involved in that league and he hung up the towel in week two, cause he didn't win the first two games. Like he, <laughs> he is, he's famous for just quitting because he's not undefeated in fantasy football. And, and, and what sucks too, is most of those leagues I've like, I've just thrown in the 50 bucks or whatever cost it was for him. He knows I'm not going to like hunt him down and ask for it. So that son of a bitch, he just, you know, he's like, Hey, it's a, it's a free try at it. If I don't go undefeated, what's the point? Uh, but you know, not the first time it's happened. And I think there potentially could have been serious repercussions for some of the bubble teams. Um, but I, I I don't know. I feel like I'm getting kind of heated now talking about it, but I really wasn't that heated in the moment. It was more of like, whoa, 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 whoa hold on, time out, time out. Let's talk about this, guys. Let's let's figure this out. And then quickly it was like, okay, cool. We, we don't, as a league, have a say in this. This is this is how it's gonna go. And even some of your comments in the Discord channel, you said, hey, 
you know, X, Y, Z. You, you defended your point, which is fair. Yeah. But it was more of, uh, you, you know, I'm taking over this team as a, again, I'm going to say outsider in quotations. Um, uh, and I, I thought that there should have been more league-wide involvement. But, you know, I don't know. I, it, it, it still is kind of a gray area. If this happens again next year, what do we do? Does Vince get to take over his wife's team if she doesn't show up for a couple of weeks? So uh, I'll, can, I'll, I'll, I'll respond to two things here. So yeah, I there rambled was, a lot. I'm sorry. Cut me off next time. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, so there were kind of two things here. So one is, so being the podcast host, there's I have a, a little bit of a different view on the league in in total, and that is <clears throat> that the the league should be fairly entertaining. And I I I know you're gonna kind of jump at that word, but let me explain it. So if Ty has thrown in the towel essentially in week three, week two, whatever last time he set a lineup r- routinely, um, what's the likelihood that if he was in last, he was gonna take the ACT? Now, I, I truly don't know what that is. Maybe he would have been like, yeah, I sucked. Uh, I'm going to take it again. And I, I'm not sure, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what was going to happen. I think he was going to be like, hey, I'm not coming back next year. And essentially, like, you know, I'm not sure that that ACT test ever would have happened. So in, in we'll say taking over the team, I uh, use the advisor role, but let, like we can be honest at this point. It's over. Um, <laughs> In taking over the team, there were a couple things that that were going to come from that, and that was that there was a guarantee of the ACT being taken. So, had Saved by LaBelle finished last, Ty and I were going to figure out what the ACT looked like, whether he takes half, I take half, we both take it, or he's out and I take it. So, the ACT test was getting done by Saved by LaBelle if, sure. if we were in last. And to be honest with you, that was my expect, expected outcome. Was yeah. because that team was just dog shit. And and, and I oh, and I completely God. agree with you there, Derek. I think that's exactly what would have happened. We would have had a situation where Ty may not have taken the test, and if he, maybe he wouldn't even come, you know, make the effort of making sure he came to a party that we were going to do it at, like we did this past year. And he was a great sport the first time. But then yeah. also, you got to think about you you leave the team in somebody's hands. I mean, I I inherited a team. Charlie inherited a team. Mike inherited a team. And now, you know, who, if, if it is Amanda that takes over, you know, that is inheriting a team. And w- in, is it in shambles or is it, you know, somewhat uh, a team that you can actually do something with? Or, you know, so that first year that you join, are you just throwing away 50 bucks? And True. that's that's my that's my biggest concern, honestly. Well, sure. I mean, I, I don't know how you can have that concern when you came in taking over a team. And you won it your first year, which, you know, I think there's some credit to your team management uh, ability skills. I think luck plays a factor. I think that there are a lot of things that go into fantasy football season. But I don't know how you can say that as a first year champion. I think well, that's, that's, a, that's a hard thing to convince me of it. And I also think if Ty lost this year and Derek didn't take over the team, I fully believe with confidence Ty would have taken the test again. I, I 100% do. I, I, I think there's a fair shot he would have, but I think it would have been difficult with, 
you know, just they live they live further away, you know. And so just the logistics of it in a COVID year, I'm just not sure. And that's where that was, I think, a big piece of it for me, because I don't I don't really care who finishes where like that's sure. I'm, I'm you know, I don't want the picture painted that I'm and not that you you said this, but like that I'm sitting here meddling in um, in the league. Like I'm not in the commissioner role. I don't have access to really meddle. Um, I don't have that. Ability. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't no, think I, of it that way either. No, I just want to, you know, for the for those who don't know, who may not know, you know. So sure. okay, so um, when you were done meddling, continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I guess from my standpoint, like that was that was kind of the big thing. So I, and I was I was really rooting for Steve to take the test because <laughs> Kevin. Well, it, so in addition to just hating Steve, um, Kevin taking the test in my mind does it feels a little tainted just because like it kind of should it, it should have been tied you know because he didn't do anything you know but at the same time you know that game last week was you know 104 to 89 you know if ty would have made one move you know if he would have been like oh it's it's playoff week i need to actually do something he still would have won and um, i think there's a decent chance of that happening to be honest, maybe Ty hangs hangs it up for the whole season, and then when it comes to the the toilet bowl playoffs, he goes, okay, I'll put two weeks worth of effort into it and see what I can get. Out. I I think there's a reasonable chance that happens. Sure, and but I would say then he, sh- you know, it was it was his decision to to hand over the reins, and he added me to his team. You know, what I mean, so like if he was planning on doing that, then he could have done that. Uh, he he chose but, he chose not to. Well, was he persuaded? Like that's it's kind of like again. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to come off as like being sure. real heated about it, but I feel like there was some sort of uh, maybe I don't want to say like persuasion involved, but more of like uh, you know an outside conversation. Uh, what's it called? Collusion. I think maybe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but like you know, if yeah. if you didn't reach out to him. Would the would the result of who was managing this team at the end of the season be the same? I I don't think so. Again, I'm not saying that's like necessarily a bad thing, but I I am a little bit uncomfortable with saying like, oh, it was Ty's decision to hand over the team, and and maybe he did come to you first. I don't think that's what happened, but if he if he were to come to you and say, hey man, I'm I'm cashed out on this. How do you feel about taking over the team? And, you know, I don't know. I'd still probably be here bitching about it on the mic, but I think that it might have a little bit of a different, uh, you know, a view through the uh, the looking glass here on on how I feel from like a, a league impact standpoint if he handed it over versus what seemed to be like a, a conversation between you guys saying like, hey, maybe this is a good like middle of the road solution on what we can do to make it better for the league as a whole and also decrease your chance of taking the ACT. And I will say to stop my rambling after this point, it is far more entertaining to have somebody else take the ACT. And I don't necessarily feel bad for Kevin. I'd probably, I'd probably have a different opinion if it was me, but I, I think Knowing going into the toilet bowl 
like the the toilet bowl that it wasn't going to be tie made for a more entertaining fantasy football week last week. Yeah, because I mean, it, you know, even with that lineup being set in round one of the playoffs, you know, that team only only scored like 97. It wouldn't have been, even been a close one, let alone, you know, have the epic matchup that we had there at the end. The other point I want to mention is that as a league, you guys should absolutely vote for second owners to be voted upon. Before <laughs> what? <the second>. <laughs> <laughs> you should 100% well, make sure yeah. that doesn't happen again. Oh, um, my God. Okay, vindication. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. And that's where, like, uh, you know, like I said on that podcast that week, like, I fully expected people to have an issue with it because uh, I'll be honest, it was a little shady, Um, especially, you know, and especially in the timing that it went down in. Um, Again, I mentioned like that wasn't it had been kind of an ongoing whole year discussion, uh, but it was exploiting the lack, the fact that there was no rule against it. Um, Yeah. Fully, fully saying that, you know, and you brought up the whole thing of like, if, if there was some issue where like Ty could not, um, so, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, he, he lost his smartphone, went to a rotary dial phone, whatever it may be that he couldn't, you know, that's kind of a different ball game. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, cause you brought up like, you know, if, if whatever Amanda or Vince stopped paying attention next year should the other one take it over like uh, not without a league vote absolutely not for weeks <laughs> you've you got shit on me for yeah. coming out against this decision and now all of a sudden since it's over and since you don't have to take the act you fully admit now yeah it was terrible i, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so yeah. here's a question what, what about what about if you would have said all right amanda you take over well, so that's mm. a good question. You know, so if we already know we have somebody who is going to be in that role, you know, it's essentially do you fire the coach and bring in the new one? Um, there's a lot of logistics that would have to happen there as far as, you know, okay, well, who pays the money? Who takes the ACT? Who does that? Um, I, I think, uh, you know, again, I, I think at that point it, it should it should be voted on. There should be a rule for or against it. This, <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm being real. You know, that's, that absolutely <laughs> happened. Uh, you know, so you guys do whatever you want to do. I'm not. I'm yeah. not <laughs> exactly. And you're the one that came in and just overruled it all. And did it. I did not. I, Listen, nobody called for a vote. If somebody would have called for a vote, I would have respected the vote. I'm not going to ask for permission. I'll beg for forgiveness. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, that's nah, I think fair. I can appreciate that. Garrett, you did put yourself in potential ACT territory. You know, you may have had to take the test. Uh, so you're, you were actually putting quite a bit of uh, weight on your shoulders uh, for the league. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's like, like I said, when I when I said, hey, um, you know, it, so to Dave's point, yes, I'm the one who reached out to Ty uh, back in week four or five, whatever that was. And again, going coming off of week 10, I think it was. I, I don't remember the, the numbers. Um but essentially, right before, right after the Monday night lineups were locked and I couldn't move a Monday night game in um, the third the third to last week of the regular season of fantasy, uh, you know, I'd reach out to Ty and was just like, hey, man, like, you're not setting lineups. And he was like, yeah, take it over, um, was, was essentially how that text went down. I, I, I don't have it up, so I'm not quoting, but that was essentially, you know, 
um, because it had already been brought up multiple times, you know, to kind of do something, do something, whether it was, you know, reach out to somebody or pay attention. You know, again, my preferred thing would have been for Ty to pay attention. And those times that I text him, you know, the first time I brought it up was kind of like a shock. Well, I was hoping would be kind of a shock factor to say, oh, yeah, I really got to pay attention because they're going to take take over my team. Um, and that, you know, didn't work. So, you know, uh, but yeah, to, to your point, Vince, I absolutely was going to be taking the ACT. That was my plan. Um, and if, if, you know, if the team fell to that, and again, like I said, that was my expectation was that I was not going to beat any of the team, any of the other teams, because even with the best players in the lineup, you saw we hardly broke a hundred, you know, or, you know, in the last game and this week would have been 97 if we were playing. So, you know, Hey, that is what it is. Lo and behold, all of us are safe and Kevin's taking ACT. Yeah. Just for the record, I just checked. uh, I opened up the ESPN app on my phone. I got 152 this week. I didn't even set my lineup. Yeah, you you guys are going to be be scared next year. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Um, So as we as we talk about discord um, and some some rivalries and some disagreements, uh, the the rivalry between Vince and Kalen that has been popping up has been fascinating to watch. Um, and so for those who are not in the discord, essentially, I believe this started with a discussion when, when OBJ got hurt, uh, you know, talking about, are the Browns better off without OBJ? And, and you, you and I initially took the stance of, of OBJ is a fairly big distraction. Um, I walked that back since after hearing a lot from teammates and coaches who have, at least from Cleveland, who have said, Hey, that's, that's not really a thing, you know? He's a great teammate, all that. And so I'll take him at face value. And so I started kind of walking that back. But you stuck with it. And uh, Kalen took a big exception to that. And then, you know, on this podcast, you've you've kind of gone after Kalen a bit uh, for his team. And, and he, he took exception with that. Now, I'll point out, Vince and Kalen have never met in person. It has all been through fantasy football, through Discord. Um, so there's no faces to names. Uh, it's just, you know, what you know, what is talked about on the podcast and what's shown in discord. So uh, Vince, I'll, I'll throw it to you. You know, what, what's uh, your take on this, on this rivalry budding with Kalen? So I, I will say I never intended for any kind of dissension to become uh, existent. It was, it was all, I thought um, some fun jabs here and there. And, and yeah, I mean, what's, what's a better way of getting to know somebody than to, to, you know, to start to poke and prod uh, a little bit, I guess. But um, I honestly, uh, there's a couple of things that I have mentioned, I think on the, you know, on the discord that I was actually, I thought I was making some pretty good points. And then I thought it was a pretty good debate. Um, But of course, emotions can fly very easily when you don't have any kind of facial expressions and it's all just text message. And we all know how easy it is to misinterpret maybe what somebody said. Um, that being said, I will attribute some of this, um, this rivalry, uh, and, 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 uh, um, I I guess, um, this tension, uh, I'll, I'll blame some of it on COVID quarantining. I think we're all going a little stir crazy and starting to get, uh, a little, a little, a little, uh, 
a little heated over uh, the smaller things in life as we as we can't stand uh, our current situation. But um, I will still hold strongly towards my opinions on OBJ. I ask the question to myself every single week whether or not he is a distraction or would I rather him been on the field for any particular play. Um, and I still don't know what what I believe truly on uh, um, what the answer is. I just think, um, you know, overall that it, we, we still have been winning without him, even though I'm not saying that we're a better team without him. I just wonder if he's a bigger st- distraction. I don't, like I said, I don't really know the answer. Uh, and, and it's, and it's an opinion that, it, and, and actually just more of a, Hey, let me throw this out there. Cause I thought this was a fun topic. Um, and it did kind of feel like I was just, uh, you know, throwing lighter fluid onto, uh, some dry wood and, and, and then saying, Hey guys, Go ahead and uh, try to try to light this fire, and then it turns into you know one of those uh, big bonfires in the backyard of some hope you know some some podunk town's uh, uh, party that, that's about twelve you know twelve stories high. But not my fault. I didn't think I I I, I didn't uh, I didn't fan the flames too. Maybe I did fan the flames a little bit. But um, I mean I guess bringing it back, I did not expect this rivalry rivalry to actually become uh, a thing, but Hey, I'm all for it. I think it's great content. I think it's great. Uh, it's great fun. So, you know, Caitlin, if you, if you, if you really, uh, uh, think that, you know, you're going to beat me next year, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that next year I'm going to be better with my team. Uh, I've learned some things in the past couple years now. Um, and I'm, I'm bringing it, I'm bringing a full, you know, full force and i'm not going to take it easy on our weeks together there's the response you know i said the same thing when i was in college in the uh in the greater akron area and there were a lot of couches on the side of the road you know during move out week in the middle of the summer and i had a lighter in my pocket and i lit that couch on fire and i said (laughs) i didn't i didn't start it (laughs) <laughs> and, and you know what? I never got in tr- and I ain't never got caught neither. So, you know, so it, but you literally did start the fire. Yeah, Vince, is this sinking in? <laughs> no. are, are you getting it? <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I was I'm pretty so clear. glad. I'm so I, glad you saw I, that. <laughs> I, I, I felt like I was clear when I said I maybe set those couches out there and I may have doused them with a lot of lighter fluid and said, hey, this, you know, it is ripe for a fire. In fact, it has a sign that says, go ahead, light it. But not like I actually lit the match or, or lit the lighter itself. So the answer is no, you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on. <laughs> All right, we are going to welcome back to the podcast Coach, who's going to be taking the dreaded ACT. Welcome back, Kevin Hulick. All right, guys, it is time for the conference call presented by McLaren's Pub, the final conference call of the season. We see Pretoria FC going up against Blue Cat Lodge. Tony Perenni versus Charlie Thurber. It is going to be an action-packed game. Charlie pulled the unbelievable upset last week. He'll have to do it again. The projection goes, Tony, 144.5, Charlie, 114. When we look at quarterbacks, Tony's projected to get 20 out of Lamar Jackson. 
and Charlie's projected to get 22.5 out of Kyler Murray. So that's a checkpoint in Charlie's favor. When we look at running backs, Tony has Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, projected 24.3 and 17.9 respectively. On the other side, DeAndre Swift projected 16.9. Kareem Hunt going up against the Jets only projected 11.3. Wide receivers. Tony has Devontae Adams projected 24.5. And Brandon Ayuk projected 14.3. Charlie has Mike Evans projected 15. Marquise Hollywood-Brown projected 11.6. Both check marks in Tony's favor. Tight ends, Dallas Goddard projected 11.6 going up against Dallas. Noah Fant projected 9.7. Had a big game last week. We'll see if he can do that again. In the flex spot, Calvin Ridley projected 15.7 for Tony. Chase Edmonds projected 11.8 for Charlie. As of now, the defense, Dolphins defense projected 7 for Tony. Bears defense projected 6.8 going up against Jacksonville for Charlie. And then finally, the kickers, Justin Tucker, Baltimore's kicker going up against the Giants, projected 9.1. Young Hoku, who is the number one kicker in the league and has saved Charlie multiple times, projected 8.3. So that checkmark in Tony's favor. The only checkmark that was in Charlie's favor was Kyler Murray. All the other check marks in Tony's favor. It's a 30.5 point spread. I'll tell you guys, it feels like destiny. Charlie has been an underdog for the majority of the year. Points for, points against, it doesn't matter. Charlie has found a way to win. And he will do it again. Despite the 30.5 point spread, I'm going Charlie Thurber. Dave, who do you got? Ooh, man, I'm glad you picked Charlie so I don't have to. Oh, <laughs> man. I, I feel like, obviously, Tony's got a huge edge here. And it's, it's oh, man, it's so hard to go against them. I think that this is the year that Tony has been dreaming of. And he finally... It's to pull out that trophy he had made, custom-made, I believe. What was it, three years ago? He went to this custom trophy shop and had a, a championship fantasy football trophy made. Uh, he's going to have to scratch out the year because uh, things have changed. He's going to have to put 2020 on there. But, Tony, this is your year. I know you're busy right now getting the uh, – you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, getting that team ready to go on the field. I believe in you, man. I think I think you're going to pull this one out. And I think, unlike last week, unfortunately, as entertaining as it was, this is not going to be a close matchup. Ooh, Vince, who do you got? Uh, it, it's, it's so hard for me to do this. Uh, and, and, I mean, honestly, Tony has had all the faith in me. Uh, all season long, uh, he even picked me in uh, in my my week against uh, Mike in in the in the the playoffs, and that was an absolute mistake. Um, you know, I I knew I wasn't going to win that one, and um, Tony coming off of multiple hundred. 
50 plus, and I mean, really, we're talking about like the 160s to 170 point games. Um, week 12 was his last, uh, you know, uh, game under 100, which was, you know, just, I think he had to play uh, Teddy Bridgewater that week because Lamar was out. Um, I, I just, I just think that, um, that he's, he's really due for a lower week this, uh, this, this go around and, um, Lamar Jackson, uh, he's got a tough matchup and I, I think Calvin Rid- Ridley is not going to have the same kind of week in Kansas city. Um, and I mean, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with, with Charlie. He's figured out ways to just pull these wins out and I'm going with young Hoku getting like 30 points. Um, it's just the best kicker of all time. I know that if I spend $24 on anybody next year, it's going to be on young ho. So, uh, I'm picking Charlie. So essentially Kalen, you've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Three kickers next year. I'm doing it. All right. And from the man who's going to be taking the ACT, Kevin, who do you got in the championship game? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go Tony. Uh, what Charlie's done is very impressive, but what Tony's done this year, consistently putting up points, is, is just even more impressive, and I think it's going to continue. I mean, you know, he has this lineup that he's set now. Who knows what he goes with? I mean, you look at his bench options. I mean, he's got Lockett. You know, he could decide he wants to play Landry against the Jets because maybe he'll get a lot of touches. I, they're just... There's just too many ways. And he, he could even play Hurts, although I doubt it, since Jackson has a pretty good matchup, although Hurts has a good matchup too. I mean, he's just spoiled for choice. That'll do it for another episode of the Frosty and Parenti podcast. Special thank you to our guests, Kevin Hulick, Charlie Thurber, Vince Gorgonzola, Dave Pestian. It was a packed show. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, we, we went 50-50 on picking Tony and Charlie. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I will give Tony a pick to say that the overall, the frosty podcast picks Tony to win this week uh, for the championship from our family to yours. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. We will catch you next week, hopefully before the new year, but if not a very happy new year to all of you, we appreciate you listening Uh, throughout this season and throughout the entirety of our podcast. We are presented by Steel Valley Media. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Vince, take it away.